the internet is a very segmented market in that 1% of people are using it to create and earn. The other 90% are using it to consume and spend. Two people could be putting the exact same amount of time into spending it on the internet, but one person could be making a full-time income and you know has built a career out of it. The second person has used it primarily to waste time and spend money. Person number one in that situation is net better off. Person number two is net worse off in their life. The trick is you just need the, the self-control to maintain a super sharp focus in terms of only using it selectively for the proactive, productive uses and not, you know, scrolling on TikTok. The things that I scrutinize the most in my life are the things that I spend the most time on because that's the material consideration. And I've been thinking about this. This applies to a lot of things, but I've been thinking about it in the context of apps and digital information sources and social media platforms, maybe just because it's it's the new year and I've been doing like a cleansing of sorts where I'm evaluating the apps that I have on my phone and specifically questioning why I have them. And if for anything, I cannot articulate the value that I'm getting from something, then that means necessarily it has to be cut out or phased out of my life, just from a time perspective. And Again, the the ones I scrutinize the most are the ones that I spend the most time on. It's 80-20, like focusing on the stuff that matters. iPhone in your settings will actually show you the amount of time, the breakdown on a percentage basis that you spend on each app, which by the way, is an incredibly useful tool to like assess how you're spending your time or to assess what information sources you're relying on more than others. But again, the ones I scrutinize the most are the ones that I'm spending the most time on in any context. Like those are the material things to consider and possibly change. Because on one end of the spectrum, if I'm spending zero time on an app, then it doesn't really matter. I'll just delete it immediately because why is it on my phone in the first place? One level above that, if I'm spending some tiny amount of time on it, then also not a big deal because most likely that means it serves some kind of niche purpose that I need every once in a while. So I'll keep it because it's probably functional. Like let's say we're talking about Apple Maps or Google Maps, like whatever camp you happen to be part of, whichever one you use. But apart from that, what I'm really interested in is the things in the middle. So like, what are the things that I'm spending a material percentage of my time on? And for those things, can I articulate, like simply, can I articulate right now the reason that I'm spending time on those things? Or can I articulate the function of the thing or the value that I'm getting as a result? Because that's the dangerous category, like the things that are tempting enough to eat up some of your time, like a material portion of your time, and may have a super clear function, but not necessarily. Like they could also just be eating up a large portion of your time with no return. Those are the things that you really want to question and monitor, and if needed, control your use of. Like in any context, but again, I'm spe- right now I'm specifically talking about social media and like internet sources generally as an example. Because Scenario one, like the thing you don't use, scenario one was delete. Scenario two was keep because it serves a niche function. But scenario number three is kind of that gray area where it's the category of things that I want to mindfully control my use of. Because I've noticed lately, like if if I'm spending time looking at my phone and then I didn't get anything productive or proactive, like out of it as a result, I feel drained. Like it just, it drains the energy from your soul, like emotionally 
physically, like your eyes get tired, everything. Like spending all day staring at your phone is so draining. And we do that enough in our work. In my free time, like I've become such a fuck my phone person, like especially when I'm around other people, or even if I'm just enjoying a nice day to myself, I want nothing to do with my phone. I want my phone nowhere near me, like literally throw it off of a cliff because the vast majority of the time, I think it drains more than it adds. So over time, like I've just decided that, and I've realized that I feel best when I say, okay, in order for me to pick up my phone or to get out my laptop, I need to have a very, very strong purpose and a very clear reason for what I'm using this as a tool for and what I'm getting as a result. And I have a specific criteria for this. Like I literally built a framework and it's just, this is just me personally, obviously. Like if, if I cannot articulate the value that a social media app or platform that I'm using brings me in a single sentence, like clearly, like think of it like a clear elevator pitch. If I cannot do that, then it has no place in my life. It's a waste of time. And I've pivoted to talking about social media specifically rather than just like the internet broadly, simply because like, I think it's a fair assumption that for those of us in our twenties, social media is the category of like the internet that takes up probably the majority of our time spent online. If we're talking outside of work, like ignore the time that you spend at work doing research or like wiggling your mouse on teams. This can probably be applied to anything on the internet or for that matter, anything you spend your time on in life. So I hope that it's helpful. And I basically just wanted to share the framework or the way that I think about what things are worth dedicating my time to and what things are not. And the second category are the things that I want to cleanse and stay away from. The general principle behind this is to fill my life with more of the things that bring value and reduce all else. Like every now and then I kind of audit my life and try to keep only the things that bring value to my life or that enhance me or my relationships in some way that I can articulate. And when it comes to social media, like for me, there are three ways in which a platform like that could bring value to my life if used mindfully. And I know like I hate it when people overuse the word value because it's quite literally like the vaguest possible term in the English language. But I promise like I'll explain how I personally define it. Obviously, that may be different from how you define it. Like value can be so many different things. It can be financial. Like value could be happiness and nothing else. It could be value in information. There's value in something that saves you time. There's value in social connection. And each person probably prioritizes those things differently. So what's valuable to me may be different than what's valuable to you. So I'm not saying adopt my criteria, but I'm showing you the framework that I use so that you can take it and take the same approach and maybe apply it to how you spend time on the internet so that you get what you want out of it. And for me, whether or not I'm getting value from something usually has to fit one of three criteria. My framework is that like if a social media platform or anything for that matter does not fit into one of these criteria, I cut it and I'm pretty ruthless to cut it. But I've thought about this enough and like, this is what works for me. So my three criteria are this. It has to either one, make me better, two, make me money, or three, keep me connected to the people I love. So you could even include things like YouTube content, digital books, newsletters, like all of the other ways that we sometimes find time to waste on the internet through infotainment that may sometimes bring value, but not always to our lives. Even like podcasts, we know this can be value added sometimes and sometimes not. And let's say this podcast is not a value add to your life. If you get nothing from this podcast, 
don't listen to it. But if you could theoretically articulate like some kind of value that you're getting from it, you're learning something new or you're getting inspired or it just makes you happy full stop. If that is the only purpose that it serves, then that's noble in itself. So it has to fit into one of those three buckets. Makes me better, makes me money, or keeps me connected to the people I love. Makes me better. When I say that, I mean it teaches me something. Social media could be an incredible information source if you look in the right places. It can also be an incredible source of inspiration. So as an example, like my primary reason for using Twitter, for example, is that it fits into this bucket of bringing me a large amount of information and inspiration that I seek out. So as a result, Twitter is probably the number one app that I use in terms of time spent reading and also time spent creating. And maybe for you, this doesn't have to be reading business news on Twitter. Maybe it can be that you get your workout inspiration from Instagram reels, and then you use it to learn how to do exercises better at the gym, how to work out effectively. And then you go and actually execute on that advice. And therefore the the content you consumed somehow contributed to your personal progress in the gym. That's just an example. Like there's a lot of ways that social media can be used as a conduit for learning more or for learning more effectively or for learning in a targeted manner, like about the things that you specifically are interested in. Because on any given platform, your timeline's probably curated to your interests. I would even say like, this doesn't always have to be that you're reading tech news for three hours a day. Even if you're consuming fashion content, like for me, consuming fashion content makes me better in some way because style is a big part of the way that I express myself personally, professionally. It has a pretty big impact on the the impressions that I leave on people and also sometimes like my own confidence and how I feel about myself. Style for me is a fun thing that adds to my life. Therefore, if I am go on Instagram for five minutes a day to get style inspiration or bookmark something on We Heart It, We Heart It I used previously, like before they relaunched the platform and then went to shit, before it used to be good, but that's just an example. Like the, um, it depends on what you're interested in, but there are a lot of ways that social media could bring you useful information and or inspiration. The caveat is that it's really, really hard to train a social media algorithm to feed you only the most productive, high value inspirational content and not the bullshit that pollutes most people's timelines half the time. So that's a tough game. Like you also don't want to get that lost that far down the rabbit hole of like trying to train your algorithm. One of the reasons I use Twitter so much to get back to this is for some reason, my timeline on Twitter has none of the toxic stuff and all of the value added stuff. And I know this is not true of everyone's Twitter timeline. Like a lot of people have told me that they have complete toxic, like waste of time content being fed to them on Twitter. Me, for some reason, I got very lucky. I don't know how I curated it, but my Twitter is nothing but like high value added information as it comes up and also like really inspiring success stories from people who I admire. So I learn a lot. Like when I open that app, it, it there is so much information coming at me that I almost have to still have to consume it in like very small quantities because it's super dense in information for me. That is an example of like a platform where I could articulate so clearly the value that I have gotten Even like there are a couple people that that app has connected me to that I would have never otherwise had access to if it weren't for my use of Twitter. Therefore, like it's the number one app that I use social media wise and will continue to because it enhances my life and does not detract from the value of my life. Criteria two was if social media can make you money, that's probably a productive use. It's not a secret in 2023 that there are an 
endless number of ways to make money on the internet. So if you're using one of these channels or business models as a way to make supplemental income, or even if you're earning a full income supporting your lifestyle, you're probably not one of the people in the camp saying social media is toxic. You should limit the amount of time you spend on it, limit your screen time, etc. I have a lot of friends on Twitter whose entire income is derived from social media or e-com, either running ads or creating short form content, whatever it is. Like those are the people who maybe spend eight to 12 or even 16 hours a day on social media, on their phone, on their laptop, but they do not have, and rightfully so, they do not nearly have the amount of guilt as the people who spend that same amount of time on social media scrolling mindlessly. Because the first group of people, their time spent creating is generally correlated to the amount of money they make. No matter how you define personal value, like it's probably pretty hard to argue that this is one of the best ways to use social media in a way that brings value to your life. Because you cannot argue like it is real monetary value if you're using it as an income source. Hard to argue with. One of the things I've noticed too is that the people who are working self-employed on the internet, whether they're content creators or whether they're running ads or in a marketing agency, like they also spend a fair amount of time not only creating but consuming content. But the reason is that it's from the perspective of it is helpful to stay on the pulse about where attention is going on the internet. Like you could, theoretically, you could create blindly, not consume anything, create blindly and probably still be successful depending on the the type and the nature of the content you're creating. But also like if you're playing in the high attention game, consuming and following the waves of attention as they flow from one thing to another. And if you're able to tap into those waves, then scrolling on social media for you actually could become research in a way that kind of makes you more effective or successful in your work. As a plus one, like I would also say that something like reading newsletters, so reading a crypto newsletter, for example, I read one called TLDR that comes to my inbox every single day, or let's say following crypto activity on Twitter, like things like that could satisfy both of the two above criteria. It both teaches me something, but also makes me money, even if indirectly. I've tweeted this before, like I think the internet is a very segmented market in that 1% of people are using it to create and earn. The other 90% are using it to consume and spend. Two people could be putting the exact same amount of time into spending it on the internet, but one person could be making a full-time income and you know has built a career out of it as a result, while the second person has used it primarily to waste time and spend money. So person number one in that situation is net better off because of social media versus person number two is net worse off in their life. The trick is you just need the the self-control to maintain a super sharp focus in terms of only using it selectively for the proactive, productive uses and not, you know, scrolling on TikTok. The last criteria or the last like purpose of social media is probably the most important one. And that's if it can keep me connected to the people who I love. If a social app or platform keeps me connected to the people who I love, who are physically not close to me, then that to me is a very valuable thing. Like that is, if you go back in history, that is the original purpose of social media platforms. You go back to the point that these things were invented. That was the purpose. Like even if we've gotten far from it since. So for me, for example, to add some context, I live in the US and almost all of my closest friends and family live abroad all over the place. Like in Canada, in Spain, in Bulgaria, in France, different time zones, different places, like spread out like the United Nations. For the majority of the year, I'm 
physically far from the people who I love most. Staying connected and checking in on each other is not as simple as, oh, like, let's go grab a coffee. I want to see you. And that sucks. But with social media, like it can take two seconds to take a photo of some small thing that you're doing in your day or something beautiful you saw, like even if insignificant. And with the press of a button, it reaches your entire network of people who you care about or who you care about keeping tabs on. So if my best friend posts a photo of her coffee and croissant every time she goes out, that may seem stupid to you as someone not close to her. But to me, like that brings me a sense of comfort because at least that I know that she's good and getting her silly little coffee and a pastry on a weekend morning. With my cousins in Bulgaria, for example, like we use Instagram instead of iMessage to write to each other. The only rule that I would attach to that is I would never use like broadcasting on social media as a replacement for getting on the phone with somebody who you love and checking in on how they actually are directly. But still, like in some select uses, social media I found became a little bit more valuable to me when I moved away from my friends and family. Like if I was living back in the old days where we had nothing but handwritten letters and like carrier pigeons as a means of communication with the people who have a very strong place in my heart, but who I can only, you know, make it out to see a couple times a year, that would be hard. So like first principles, the purpose of social media is to stay connected to people, even when they're far. And if you don't have time for a phone call, for example, these may be oversimplified, but these three criteria represent like in a nutshell, what the purpose of social media platforms are in my life. One, make me better make me money, or keep me connected to the people who I love. And if at any point I'm using a platform and notice that it's not really satisfying one of those three things, I'll be very quick to cut it. Like the only two apps that I really use for these purposes are Twitter and Instagram in that order. I deleted Facebook years ago, didn't find any value in it. I personally don't use TikTok. I feel like it would be um, a lot of time wasted in exchange for maybe some very, very small value add. So not really worth the trade-off. And then I would apply the same rule to all digital content for that matter. Like how I choose what podcasts to listen to, what documentaries or YouTube videos to watch, even what books to read always follows the same logic. If I cannot articulate the value that I'm getting from something, if I cannot articulate how something that I feel for some reason compelled to watch or listen to or read is going to uplift or inform me or make me better, odds are the time is probably best spent somehow else. Like I'm keeping on a low information diet because I think the more I consume, the less that I retain. So I want to be consuming as little as possible of the non-value add stuff in order to maximize the brain capacity that I have to absorb the stuff that I'm actually interested in, the stuff that I will actually act on and implement in my life. Like your time and your attention, those are finite resources and you have to choose how to allocate them So if you're choosing to spend three hours scrolling mindlessly on TikTok every night before bed, that's three hours that you could have spent reading a book or calling your mom or like doing fucking nothing and being peaceful in silence with yourself. It's three hours you could have spent learning how to run ads or how to learning how to invest or literally anything else in the world that would probably leave you feeling a lot less drained than you did after scrolling past the 11th video of a puppy on TikTok. We're so careful about how we allocate our money time a little bit more, but what if we started thinking about how we allocate our attention and our focus and our love and like all of these non-tangible resources in the same way? If I don't see a potential to make a return on my money, I'm not going to invest. If I don't see a potential to make a return on my time, 
I'm also not going to invest. And the return doesn't have to be financial. Like it can be, but it can also be happiness or it can be peace or it can be love. But if I cannot articulate the value added to my life by anything, but especially by something like a social media platform, then I'm going to be very careful about its inclusion in my routine. So if you feel like you cannot articulate the value that something on your phone is bringing to you, there's a high chance, like probably the best option is to turn off your phone and go touch grass. Like I promise you there's a lot of beauty out there in the world beyond your phone. If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod, that makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.